We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. to a special True Faith Weekly podcast where myself, Alex Hurst, and Michael Collin are here to talk to you about the shock sacking of Jose Mourinho at about 2 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, about 49 hours before Chelsea's next crucial home game to fellow relegation strugglers, Sunderland. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone, listen, there is a new issue of True Faith out now, Newcastle United's, in my opinion, even though I'm biased, uh, best fanzine out there. Um, it's totally free of charge. It's unique. It's more than 100 pages long. Get yourself on www.true-faith.co.uk. I've got a couple of articles in there. Um, I write the Three Black and White Eyes diary segment and also written a fairly long piece on Graham Carr. But, you know, there's, there's all sorts of fabulous contributions from a range of writers with a range of opinions. So please, please, please have a look. It's totally free. It's the only fanzine in the United Kingdom that's free of charge. Um, and it's top quality, so please have a look. Um, you know, let us know what you think at TF Weekly Pod. Uh, there's a, you know there's a range of topics to be discussed there, and True Faith are always looking for new writers if you want to get involved. So there's uh, there's plenty to look at. As I said, www.true-faith.co.uk. So Mickey, we'll start with you. Um, were you surprised by the news? I am, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously he's, he's not been getting results for a long time, but it's Mourinho. He's he was kind of, he was kind of above that, wasn't he? So yeah, okay. it it shocked me a lot actually. It's more that the, the timing is just absolutely bizarre. Obviously, there was a the played Monday night, um, so after that defeat, there was a little bit of uh, well, there was quite a few rumours that they were going to meet this week to discuss. Surely, <laughs> surely, like they could have just got on the phone to each other <laughs> and been like, "How are we? What we're doing here?" Rather than leaving, I mean, the, the play in less than forty-eight hours' time. So why why they thought it was necessary before the Sunderland game um, to sack him? With well, I mean, presumably it's just going to be his assistants in charge. I mean, and what's looking like a, a fairly important game for Chelsea. I mean, if they were to lose this game, 
I think would they be in the relegation zone possibly or they'd be certainly not a million miles from it I suppose it depends on whether uh, Norwich get anything at Man United which I know normally would sound a bit obscure but the way Man United have been playing recently there's a chance obviously hopefully we'll absolutely murder Vile um, but but yeah I mean you, like you, you were surprised why, why do you think Mourinho um, like you said there why do you think he was potentially above it compared to another manager in his position well I mean, it's hard to say but he's just he's been so successful everywhere he's been ever since he like first started as a manager and he's he was so good at Chelsea. He transformed. I know they had they had spent an absolute fortune before he came in, and they, and they did after he after he came in the first time as well. But he, he transformed what was just a rich, like, averagely good team into one of the best teams in the country, and they've stayed there ever since. Um, he left, and a, a couple of people took on what was essentially his team. Didn't change very much at all, and continued to have a similar, maybe not quite as successful stint. Arguably, apart from the Champions League. Um, and he's essentially become a sort of managerial icon that was, in my opinion, second only to Alex Ferguson, and then he retired. So now, I think he's fairly widely regarded as as the best, if not one of the very, very top managers in the game. And for me, he'd almost put himself in a position where he was where he was unsackable, almost. And he just obviously hasn't quite done that. Yeah, Chelsea are an obscure club for a couple of reasons that, in the way they run. But what's crucial here is that Mourinho had not lost the fans. I mean, you'd be—I'm sure, like any other set of supporters—you'd you'd be able to find Chelsea fans who wanted them sacked. But the map, the, the players who went to the matches, the, the, the away fans on Monday, no dis, discontent at all with the manager. It's almost like, well, we're not very good this season, but we've had so much success. Before and we're obviously with Mourinho and the resources that we we'll have, we will be successful again. That the fans almost, because of their affection from, thought, well, there's no point in sacking the manager. And I suppose that leads me to the next question: Why do you think Chelsea have sacked them beyond the obvious? Well, obviously they're doing rubbish because I don't know what Chelsea's goals are for the season, but they're not going to get top four. It would take a it would take a ridiculous run from Chelsea, but also a massive cock up by one of the other teams for Chelsea to get top four. Um, why, why, why do you think the Chelsea board have, have thought they have to act? I, to be honest, I've got absolutely no idea. In my opinion, it's, it's completely the wrong decision. And I just can't really, apart from the fact that he's not been getting the results, I can't understand why they've, why they've sacked him. I know, I know that seems like a legitimate reason, but I think the blame for what's happening at Chelsea really falls falls at the feet of the players. Um, I can't see, apart from. The, apart from the new fresh manager like honeymoon period I can't see what's going to change unless unless there's drastic changes in the transfer market which could have been carried out by Mourinho and probably would have of all the managers in the world he's 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 one of the most ruthless and the players that haven't been performing from regardless of the names Hazard for example could very easily have seen himself sold in January for his performances so I I just have no idea why they've sacked him and I think they're going to really regret it I, I'm trying to think of the reasons why and you look at obviously his comments on Monday were damning saying he felt betrayed by the players that, that suggests that he possibly lost the dressing room or or he was on the way to losing the dressing room or he certainly didn't trust the players but it's the same players that were really successful from last season um, some criticisms I would have him he, he seems to pick he seems to absolutely 
point blank refused to play with two strikers, which I thought was weird. Like it hasn't been working with the four two three one formation. I mean, me and you, Mickey, we've seen that formation also like <laughs> be terrible for a football team under <laughs> Pardew and Carver and McLaren this season. And his tactical inflexibilities has been a strange one for me. I don't understand why he's why, why you know Leicester play four four two, so why not play Remy and Costa on Monday night and think well we're better than them. <laughs> We'll have better players. Let's go up against a four-four-two, and it's he's he's persisted with the one up front, and he's also persisted with Diego Costa, who just looks like an absolute shell. I mean, I know Remy's not pulled up any trees at Chelsea, but we again we have first-hand experience. We know he's a decent footballer. We know he can finish. He scored when he came on on Monday. Um, I just think he's you know he's perhaps to contradict what you said, being a little bit too loyal to the likes of Ivanovic. Um, Matic and Costa are the three that have really underperformed and like you say the likes of Fabregas and Hazard have been dropped this season but but the the, the big three who maybe have retained a bit of loyalty Mourinho have, have been the ones ultimately that have been kept in the team but I agree with you like one thing which I'll say against Chelsea fans and the Chelsea board all this whole idea is they brought back Mourinho and Mourinho in his first press conference said this is it for me I'm not going anywhere I'm not going to quit This is we're going to build something at Chelsea and that, that's a good idea because obviously Chelsea now at the stage where they're looking at what Wenger's done, uh, they're looking at Ferguson and they're thinking sustained success, that doesn't cost you loads of money, uh, is obviously a manager, a successful manager, being in place for a long period of time. And they've obviously thought, like, let's go and get Mourinho. But Mourinho, unfortunately, is not the man for that job. At any point in his career, he's successful for one or two seasons, then he leaves. And Oliver Kay, the Times journalist, um, tweeted... On the day Mourinho was pointed in 2013, which he tweeted this tweet, which is obviously getting a lot of uh, airtime now, called The Nine Stages of Jose. Number one, charm. Number two, antagonism. Number three, success. Number four, more antagonism. Number five, more success. Number six, more antagonism. Number seven, discord. Number eight, failure. And number nine, breakup. And that's absolutely perfect, (laughs) realistically, for what's happened. So... I suppose it's it, it's in his makeup, but like you say, the the difference this time is that he's actually been pushed out of a club compared to um, resigning, which is what he did at Porto, Chelsea, Inter, Real, and then well, yeah, that's what he did before. Um, do you I, think, th- I think that's a bit unfair to be honest. I, apart from Real Madrid, where it really didn't work for me, I don't think he's left any of his teams like on the brink of. Catastrophe. I, I know yeah. Porto had just won the Champions League. They, were, they played way above their station. Nobody would consider them not winning the Champions League again a disaster by any stretch. Yeah, yeah. They actually left them in a good position. He left Chelsea in a great position. He left Inter Milan. Same as with Porto, they just won the Champions League. Yeah. If they hadn't won it the next year, people wouldn't be saying that bloody Mourinho. We're going to get rid of him. So I, I think that's, I think that's unfair. He's, ne- he's basically never given himself the opportunity to build something, and he, he essentially said that himself when he took the job. He said he wants to he wants to stay now. He's not going to move. So I I think although that tweet seems to hold some hold some water at the minute, I don't think it's a fair it's a fair thing to say about Mourinho's career because he's never done it. Yeah, I suppose, so, and I take your point. I just think it's it's we've talked about the podcast this season. I'm going to. Talk, I'm going to pat myself on the back in a little bit about some of the predictions I made early on which Ben, who's not here to defend himself absolutely shot me down over them um, but one of the things we've talked about when we, you know, I can't remember if it was a radio show it was a podcast we just said he never these days he never looks happy even when Chelsea were beating Arsenal this season or even when they were 
you know, winning games. He just, he just, he, he's been very, very unhappy since the end of last season. And here, here's what I'm kind of the, the the pieces of the jigsaw I've put together for Mourinho, which might be one of the reasons he's been sacked because he might have turned around to the board and said, "I told you this was going to happen. It's your fault. You sorted out." And obviously, you know, Roman Abramovich and the people who are in charge don't really like being spoken to like that or the accusation put their way. But they went on this ludicrous priest uh, post season tour. To where, like, I can't remember when it was like the USA or Malaysia or something after the season had finished last year. Yeah. Which was, which is mental. Like, the rest of the Premier League all off on the holidays. No lads, we're going on another two to three week tour. They then came back and Mourinho again said they went on another worldwide tour. And they came back from that tour. While, while most teams were in pre season, Mourinho actually sent the players on a week's holiday. Like Drew in pre-season because he said they're knackered and he was dropping every hint that basically the commercial demands of the club going on these stupid tours was at the um, you know was was creating problems with the actual football needs of the club and the players and he went into that open game of the season against Swansea saying the players are too tired and no one really made a big deal about all these comments because obviously everyone just expects them to win anyway so they've been brought up uh, you know being brought back up a bit recently. We also spoke on the very first podcast of the season, on the second podcast of the season, this is where Ben shot me down, I said Chelsea's transfer business was a bit of a joke because if you look at all the big clubs around Europe, when did Barcelona or Real Madrid ever just not sign anybody over a summer? Like, if you want to like stay successful, you always buy like one class first-team player, world-class player to stay in your team. I mean, Arsenal did it this season with Czech, so at least they did it for a change. But that, that, this is the accusation that's been leveled off in the past of just not improving their squad and Mourinho has dropped loads of hints and I don't, I'm not in charge of the transfer business Mourinho very publicly went after two players Stones of Everton and this again this is Mourinho himself in press conference that kind of thing and someone Pogba so he like he was he's clearly expected to have those two players as part of his squad and he got neither they ended up getting Pedro which seemed to be a last minute thing just to wind up Man United <laughs> um, but so, so I'm trying to put all these things together to think well I mean that does, Chelsea still shouldn't be 16th in the league that, regardless of any of this stuff but I'm just starting to think now is, 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 have they talked to Mourinho this week and they said come on Jose we want to back you but what, what are you going to do to turn this around do you think Mourinho has possibly just said listen lads I've been saying in public this is all your fault and it is your fault or do you think it's, it's I'm complicating things That's a, a tough one. I think I think everything you've said is completely right. I remember I remember you and and Cy both saying uh, right at the start of the season that Chelsea hadn't done any business and it was a bad thing. And me me and Ben saying you said wrong. They were so far ahead last season that they didn't necessarily need him. And, where, and looking at the team at the time, I said where where do you need improvement? And, and arguably there was there was nowhere at the, at the end of last season. Terry was playing as well as he has in the last ten years. Fabregas was setting them with a light and centre midfield. And you look at their squad, and it was it's a decent sized squad. There was no real, it didn't seem like there was any real need to spend. But Mourinho, obviously, as you say, has seen the gaps. And it's the gaps where the two players he wanted are the two positions where they're really struggling the most apart from striker, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, so he's looking to bring in a new centre half. He's probably seen that Terry wasn't quite there. And he's looking to bring in another centre mid. Matic hasn't done it this year. He literally pumped. Probably would have gone in a team instead of manage. So, yeah, I think I think what you're saying is right, and he is 
he's such a work tech at Mourinho that you can imagine the board saying to him during the week if they've had this meeting and then they've called him in and said what are you going to do about it you can imagine him just saying well I told you so like, I've seen this coming and yeah. if someone like Abramovich who's worth however many billion he's, he's pumping hundreds of millions of pounds a year and this football club has got someone back chatting him he might have just been like well yeah enough's enough get yourself away <laughs> yeah in those exact words probably <laughs> um, yeah well who? I mean, we may as well talk about who who do you think could possibly come in I, it, again it, it's just same old Chelsea isn't it like and this is the accusation of that like, I mean a lot of Chelsea fans are well I'd say the vast majority of Chelsea fans are proper fans because it wasn't like Stamford Bridge wasn't sold out before Bramovich came in but you got the likes of Rio Ferdinand at the start of the season with his tweets there. For those Chelsea fans wondering who Claudio Ranieri is, he's the manager before you started supporting the club in 2004. And a lot of Chelsea fans um, are after stability, but the club just seems to be... They say one thing, want stability, want a long-term project, but as soon as a manager drops out of the top four, has a, a tough six months, we're going to sack them. Like, do you think the next appointment's going to be another Benitez-type short-term thing, or do you think it's going to be literally the, the need to act now to get a decent manager in and actually back him? Can you see the club changing at all? I I don't think, from the perspective of the fans, I don't think they are jumping on the second bandwagon that you get around a lot of the league. I think they've quite publicly backed a lot of managers that have struggled over the past 20 or so years, however long we've been following football. I can't remember them like hounding out a manager like Wenger has at Arsenal or or, or basically any other club in the league um, I think something that might have persuaded Abramovich to sack him to sack him now is the news the rumours coming out of Germany that Guardiola's going to leave at the end of the season yeah he, he's probably the only person in world football you'd want ahead of Mourinho yeah so I think what what's going to happen is they'll appoint some like some decent oldish manager of the Ancelotti not Ancelotti but of the Ancelotti kind of mould that's been very successful in the past would happily take six months at a big club for a, a big pay packet but he was happy to leave at the end of the season and then Guardiola comes in in the summer yeah well the crack people are talking about Hiddink um, coming back exactly again exactly that kind of person yeah Hiddink six months of Hiddink and obviously the, the, the as of now and it's obviously it's early days Ancelotti incredibly is the favourite um, for the permanent position, which he, he yeah he's obviously also favoured for next Man United manager, but surely Chelsea can't keep doing this. Just <laughs> sacking Mourinho, bringing Ancelotti, sacking Ancelotti, bringing Mourinho. But he is a class manager, and he won the league with them. I mean, Ancelotti's two seasons were like four trophies, a first and a second, and they sacked him, which is which is an absolute piss take. But um, yeah, I, I've got no idea. I could see maybe the might. Turn to the lad at Derby, who was at Chelsea with Ancel- as Ancelotti's assistant, whose name escapes me. Um, Paul Clement. Well, yeah, maybe, but I, it, it's you pulling names out of uh, out of a hat here. It's absolutely crazy. But where do you see whoever they get, Mickey? We'll finish this off. Where do you see Chelsea's season going from here? Do you think the, the, the squad is that good that a new man comes in and yeah, they'll be fine? Whoever they bring in, they'll be fine because the players will start playing. Or do you think there's Bigger problems than that. Uh, just quickly, I want to mention that one of one of the supposed frontrunners for the job is Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, good shout actually, and and he'd take a short term. He would take a short term if he gets the the job permanently. <laughs> a rubbish one said, looking at. Um, 
I, I think I think Chelsea have got bigger issues than the manager. Yeah. I, I think who they get in and who, what happens in this window, and, and obviously, definitely what happens next summer is is going to be crucial. They're not going to go down. Let's not kid ourselves. No. And any team with Hazard in is just it's just not going to get relegated. There's no there's no two ways about it. I think they'll finish between tenth and twelfth, and it'll be one of the biggest talking points points in Premier League history. But they're not going to get relegated. No, I agree. I think that their squad depth more than anything will help them out as, as the likes of Bournemouth, Newcastle, Norwich. You know, if we lose a couple of players, like say Newcastle lost um, like um, Mbemba or, you know, um, Mitrovic got injured or, you know, there's loads of players that could go through. That has a massive difference if Costa gets injured. Uh, um, Remy comes in if Matic gets injured Ramirez comes in there's not that there's not that big of a deal I think that's what will help them long term I, I go back to it I just can't believe they've done it now it's just absolutely mental and it makes you wonder if they really know what they're doing we don't know what's gone on behind closed doors maybe like like we've alluded to Mourinho's just said something which has made his position untenable one thing we haven't spoken about is all that rubbish that went on with Eva Canero which just again from the outside looking in you, you can't you can't defend Mourinho's actions like I don't know. I don't know if you you think differently, but that that seems to me like the beginning of the end. I totally agree. Um, all the stuff that people criticise Mourinho for is is comments in the press, attacking referees, blah blah blah. All of it, I think, is part and parcel of Mourinho, and I, I think it's all part of why he's a good manager because he's constantly deflecting any criticism away from his team. He, he drags it on himself, regardless of what it's for. He doesn't care. He just he just gets the media attention on himself, which works wonders because it, it protects his players. But what, what on earth he was thinking with that woman is, is utterly beyond me. It's the first time I've seen something like that, something genuinely unbelievable from him. Uh, it's just it's just bizarre. I just don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. She's, uh, definitely, she's taking them to court, isn't she? Him personally and the club. Is she doing He's definitely going to lose. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I didn't know she was taking him personally. That's a blow. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's taking him personally. But yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It just makes you, you wonder. Like I know Chelsea have won what three league titles, two under Mourinho, one under no four league titles. This two under Mourinho, three under Mourinho, three three league titles at Chelsea, three league titles in it, and they couldn't even give them like six months. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously they've won the four league titles, they won a Champions League, something like three or four FA Cups, two league cups. It's all right and it's it's good, but for them to be for them to be so rash and just calm the project of building a squad and building a team and just to be throwing money at things again. Any new manager coming in will want to spend 100 million quid on his own players. It's just a bizarre thing to do. I think I'll have, I'll, I'll, I'll leave um, the last words words to be about a man who's no doubt got a massive grin on his face right, right now, and that's Arsene Wenger. Um <laughs> He's seen off Mourinho twice and they're like you can obviously see that Mourinho is, is always viewed Arsenal as a threat because he goes so hard for Wenger. Like there's all the stuff down the years, but even even as recently as last year when he calls when he called him a specialist in failure, like it did overstep the the mark massively and obviously Wenger yet again has seen, seen him off, even though he's yet to win out, but uh the season could could change it. I think we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks very much to everybody who listens. Like I said at the start of the show, new issue of True Faith out now, free of charge online. Get it on your phone, your laptop, your iPad, whatever, uh, your tablets. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with the radio show this Friday, tomorrow night. 
um, where we're doing a look back at Spurs. Uh, we'll look ahead to Vile and we'll talk a little bit about the Premier League. And we also will be back next Monday, hopefully toasting three points to uh, against Villa. Mickey, thanks so much for joining me. Pleasure as always. It's- Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.